Hello, I'm Stuart Chittenden, and this is Lives, a show about conversation, community, and the people that bring community to life. Last August, my guest David Leibowitz guided us through the Maha Music Festival. David returns to explore this year's Maha Music Festival and all things music. My guest David Leibowitz is a lifelong music fan and record collector. He first entered the music business as a teenager in the 1980s when he published his own fanzine dedicated to the band Kiss. In the 90s, he formed his own independent record label, Mafia Money Records, where he produced and released records from artists around the country. For the last 14 years, he has hosted the weekly radio show, New Day Rising, which introduces listeners to new independent artists. In addition to the radio show, he also hosts the YouTube channel, The Dark Stuff, which focuses on record collecting and live music concerts. David, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. <laughs> Glad to be here. Glad yeah. to be here. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it's just it's uh, it, it's always interesting being on the other side of the uh, the mic, you know, because you judge it. I do host a show, and now I'm I'm on the other side of the of the I think So it's it's a great experience. I like doing it. I, this is my one time I get to do it. That being said, though, this essentially is about the same thing, which is the exploration of music. Tether to Maha. This exactly, year. exactly. And Maha, you know, re- in reality, it's always been a festival that I've been able to identify with, even if I wasn't like in any way a part of it, just because it does focus primarily, not exclusively, but primarily on the kind of music that I've been listening to for the last 25 years anyways. So it's a nice, and you don't get that in a lot of music festivals, so that's why it's a nice tie-in. This year is the 10th anniversary for the Maha Music Festival. So what does the lineup offer us? Well, I mean, it's a great lineup. And as you mentioned, it's the 10th anniversary. So it's the first time they've decided to go to a two-day festival lineup, which it's not two full days. The Friday, it's a Friday and a Saturday. And then the first, the Friday, I believe it starts at five. And then the Saturday is the full day, which starts at noon and then goes till midnight. So it's, it's new. They're expanding the festival it's been overwhelmingly successful the last couple of years. I think last year set records uh, for attendance for them. So I figured, I guess they figured this was the good time to, to to try expanding it. And the lineup is is really broad this time. I mean, there's always a little bit of diversity, but you people were pretty comfortable saying, oh, it's an indie rock festival. Okay. And now that's still at 75% of the lineup, but there's a lot more, um, there's hip hop, there's sort of the new neo soul stuff, um, which I don't, I don't really even know how to define that genre, but I, I would say like sort of neo soul stuff. There's a lot of, um, a lot of folky stuff. There's some alt country, there's Benjamin Booker, who's kind of a bluesy kind of garage guy. So it, the lineup is, uh, is, is the most diverse they've ever had, I would say. I think what I particularly like about it too, as someone who is a local to Omaha and where this music festival is being hosted, is the union of nationally known bands and performers and local performers who themselves maybe are some of whom are nationally known, but also some of whom are particularly just uh, located and known uh, in this. In That's this true. That's always been something they've wanted to do is to make it not just a festival that happens in Omaha, but to actually represent some of what Omaha has to offer in terms of music and arts and stuff like that. So this year, I mean, I'm more, I'm most familiar with David Nance, who is 
lives here in Omaha, but he tours all over the world. I mean, he's toured in all through Europe. He's told me uh, he was going to Australia. And so he's sort of internationally known. And in fact, I first heard of him because a friend of mine from Minneapolis sent me a text asking me if I've heard of this David Nance guy. And I was like, no, I don't know who you're talking about. And then he cut out a little clip from a review and it was like Omaha's best kept secret or whatever. And I was like, well, that's true because I hadn't heard this guy. Now that was a couple of years ago. Now I'm pretty invested heavily in him. I mean, I'm very familiar with what he's doing and I think he's great. Um, there's also local hip hop. There's some local sort of that neo soul that I was talking about. Um, so it does go out of its way to make sure that local music is represented in the festival, along with, look, top-notch talent like someone like Weezer, who's been a really, really popular band going back 25 years. Um, so, And they're, they're almost, I mean, they started off as kind of an underground alternative group. Now they're a very mainstream band. They're almost everybody seems to like Weezer to some degree at this point in time. So, I mean, yeah, the lineup is great and... It's got stuff that you can really latch on to, like, say, I know a lot of people are very excited about the kills because they've never been here before, to my knowledge. And then you get someone like a Father John Misty, definite indie rock uh, hero. I mean, he had one of the best records of last year. He's about to release a new record. TV on the radio, Staples, um, for the past, say, 10 years in the underground rock world. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll address each of these individually, but I'll just give you a little bit of an overview there. And, um, yeah, I mean, great headliners this year, Weezer and TV on the radio, um, respective, respective nights there. So, yeah, it's another solid, it's another solid lineup. So, I mean, this is a show about music, so we probably should play some music. So what, what do you think should be first up? Well, uh, Mies and Jinx, I do have a track from them. Um, that I brought you called In the Middle, which the, they sent me to, um, uh, so yeah, I will start with that. So this is going to be Mizon Jix In the Middle from her EP In the Middle. Time you 
So that was Mise on Jicks with In the Middle. And of course, anybody being attentive to the show will realize that we interviewed Mary Elizabeth uh, a couple of months ago on this show and she performed a tiny desk concert for us. So of course, I would encourage you to listen to that interview and the music that she plays live for us on that. Yeah, I want to go back. I actually want to go back and hear that episode. (laughs) <laughs> I, I didn't catch that one, so I want to go back and listen to that one. But uh, okay, so maybe this was that was my emotional blackmail. But, uh, <laughs> so so what next? So uh, Mise en Jigs is playing on the Saturday, uh, as you mentioned, David. The, there's a Friday lineup, which is yeah, which starts is at five starts at five, and I believe that starts with Clarence Tilton. I think Clarence Tilton, State Disco, Hooray for the Riff Raff, Benjamin, I don't mean to run through these so fast, but Hooray for the Riff Raff, Benjamin Booker, ZZ Ward, TV on the radio. I believe that's Friday. Yep. You know, the obviously I'm very excited about TV on the radio. They've been around for a really long time. They have a very, very difficult sound to describe because it mixes so many different disparate styles and kind of throws them together. And I think that's part of the reason why the people that like them like them so much. But it's also part of the reason why the mainstream has such a difficult time understanding them. Because if you're not easily categorizable, they can't put you in a category, which means they can't promote you in a certain way. You know, they're also a mixed race band. So that confuses some people for some dumb reason. And so, um, so it's, it's interesting, but I am very excited because they are really, really good and they're different live because there's three main guys in the band when they play, but live they fill it out with like a bigger lineup to make it really present. So it's, it's going to be good. I mean, they've been, they haven't had a new record in four or five years, four years. Um, I believe they're on the verge of having one, but, um, but no, I'm excited to see what they're working on because they're a really good band. And I was nervous that them taking a break for so long meant they might not be coming back. And it's good to see that they are actually coming back. Maybe we should just put people out of their misery and, and actually just play something okay. from them um, yeah. to set the scene. <laughs> well, their last album was called Seeds. That's the one that came out in 2014. That's their most recent full-length album. So that's what I uh, uh, we have to present for you today. So I'll go ahead and plug it here. Uh, it's Happy Idiot from TV on the Radio. This is a great single from the last album. And it, it does give a very good representation of their sound. And it also kind of shows why they are hard to categorize. Though it's not because they're extreme or weird or whatever. It's just one of those groups. It's sort of high, like the talking heads. How do you categorize what their style is necessarily? You can't. Because it mixes so many different elements, I feel like that's what TV on the radio kind of does too. So here's Happy Idiot.
So, of course, if you want to hear more of TV on the radio on August 17th, you know where you should be. It should be there. You go. On yeah. Mile. And they, they, in the past, they have put on a great live show. And, uh, you know, every band, when they bring their, their festival set, it's obviously a little different. They bring in sometimes more visuals because they're going to be at, at night. So they're going to have the full capacity of like the light show and, and all of that stuff. So it should be really good. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. It makes you kind of have to go both nights. You know, somebody who says, well, I'm just going to pick one or the other. It's like, yeah, but that's difficult. Cause if you say I'm only going to go Friday, well then you don't get like father John Misty and Weezer. But if you say I'm only going to go on Saturday, then you definitely miss out on TV on the radio and Benjamin Booker. And those are two serious highlights. So it's sort of like you're sort of almost forced to go both days, which is, I think, the idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it also means that you're going to be rewarded, too. If, if for whatever reason you are someone that can only go for one of the evenings, then either way you win. Right. Either night is good. They didn't sort of say, all right, well, we're going to put all of one thing on one night, all of another on another night. And, you know, it, it, they buried, they did kind of balance it out pretty well because they, they if, if someone is only, it has to choose one, they're going to have a tough choice, you know, but fortunately that's, you don't have to just choose one. You can, you can do both if you're, if you're free, you know, and since the Friday is not all day, you can still, for those of us who have jobs, you know, you can still go to work, finish your job. Get to the festival by five or six o'clock. When it, I mean, I think it starts at five, but the music maybe starts at six. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, gives you enough time. You can still do your thing. You don't have to take off work. You don't have to worry about angering your boss. You know, you just get in there, do your thing. You can hit both days. I don't understand what you're saying because obviously <laughs> your boss is going to be going too, right? Well, of course. And actually, well, I'm, and I have no boss anymore, so uh, I'm I'm letting myself have the day off that day. I've given it to myself. No problems. Just sticking with the Friday night for now. Sure. So, so we know that uh, the lineup is Clarence Tilton, State Disco, Hooray for the Riff Raff, Benjamin Booker, ZZ Ward, and TV on the Radio. If you don't know these people, but you commit to going, because why not? It's a music festival. What do you think might surprise people? Well, I think they're going to be surprised. I mean, first of all, there's a serious amount of blues that night because... ZZ Ward, Benjamin Booker are both loosely in the blues category, although they don't really sound the same, which is good. I would say ZZ Ward is more in sort of a mainstream blues, and maybe Benjamin Booker is in more of like an underground or garagey kind of blues rock. So that's something new for Maha. There is, you know, a blues community in this town, and uh, people do like that stuff. This is Benjamin Booker has a major crossover to all sorts of people because, um, uh, you know, I've known that. So y you do get a lot. Then you get the sort of the indie stuff. You know, you get your hooray for the riffraff. You get your state disco. You get Clarence Tilton, local, a little more on the alt country side. So, again, you get the variety that you would get on a full day, but they can comp compact it into a shorter form. So, you know, that's nice. And if you're sort of like, well... I just can't commit to eight hours or what have you. No, now you, you don't have to. <laughs> so it's it's a good night. And I, I mean, they, they've divided it up well is what I'm trying to say. So they didn't just load it heavy on one and then throw like a little bone on the other day and say, well, we'll put this guy over there. And they did balance it pretty well, I think. Let's hear a little bit of uh, some Benjamin Booker. All right. Uh, I think we have Violent Shiver from the album, the eponymous album, Benjamin Booker. So let's hear that now. Yeah, this is a good song.
So that was Benjamin Booker's Violent Shiver. We spoke last August about Mahar 2017, and of course that was prior to that particular festival. And that lineup featured, uh, I'm proud to say, another band that has been on this show. Really? Gave us uh, a tiny desk concert just before Christmas. It was like their own little Christmas gift to us, and that was the Hotman Sisters. Oh, yeah. Um, there was also Downtown Boys, High Up, Torres, Priests, The New Pornographers, Built to Spill, Bell and Sebastian, Sleigh Bells, The Faint, and Run the Jewels. So so what was last year's festival like? And Last and year's festival was amazing. I mean, I... I I say this completely, uh, you know, unbiased in, in the sense that, like, you know, I do help out with the festival. But, I mean, it was really, really good. The lineup, I anticipated it being really good. And then the day just arrived and it was fantastic. I mean, you get, like, you know, for example, I mean, High Up was sort of an up and coming. They're still kind of up and coming. But this was sort of their big debut in front of a bigger Omaha audience. They now have an album out. They've toured nationally since then. Run the Jewels was the headliner of the night. And I got to say, I was, I was pretty familiar with them. I had one of their albums, but during their show, it was so good. I looked to my friend standing to the right of me and I said, when I go home tonight after this show, I'm buying every run the jewels album that exists, you know, cause it was so good. I really, really enjoyed their show. I thought the faint put on an exceptional show. I thought, um, yeah, I just thought the lineup went really, really well. It was top-notch last year. And, you know, I haven't worked at any other festivals, but I do have to say, just from anecdotal evidence, you hear there's always this kind of chaos going on and nothing ever goes as planned. That's not the case with Maha, at least, because last year it went smooth as ever. I mean, everything was on the minute. You know, it's very, very well organized, and uh, it went smoothly, and everybody seemed to enjoy it. And... When I looked out at the crowd, I was able to watch Run the Jewels from the side of the stage. And and I looked out at the crowd and just saw the 10,000 people or whatever jumping up and down and with, with the light show and everything. I mean, it was it was fantastic. The only drawback was that it started to storm a little bit. And the general rule is if there's lightning within like 10 miles of an outdoor festival, you have to stop because you don't want to risk anyone getting hurt. So Run the Jewels had to cut their set by like 10 minutes at the end because there was a storm coming. The only negative on the entire day, everything else was perfect except for that. You know, Mother Nature just couldn't cooperate for that last 10 minutes of Run the Jewels. Just couldn't take it. Just yeah, couldn't just couldn't it take it. It was just too much. It was just too too much. I don't know. But it was great. And Killer Mike from that group has now become something of a celebrity. I see him on talk shows all the time, you know. So um, he's gotten he, he's getting out there for sure. I just started following him, him on social media and stuff because I think he's a super interesting guy. So it was cool watching him. He actually would check his phone between songs. I'd never seen an artist do that. He walked up to the platform, picked up his phone, looked at it for a sec, put it down. I was like... Did you just see that? Killer Mike just checked his phone in between songs. <laughs> what do you think he was looking for? Just to, Maybe he was waiting for a confirmation on text. His, he he uh, could his... have, and maybe he had uh, food delivery coming later. Maybe he was meeting a girl. Who knows what he was doing? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting, though. I'd never seen that before in my life. Why, why did you keep texting him? Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to see if he would answer. <laughs> and he did. He was probably like, who is this idiot that keeps texting me in the middle of the show? <laughs> so why don't we um, why don't we think about the Saturday night? So okay. Saturday night for this year's festival, uh, August eighteenth, is the Dealer Kids, 
David Nance Band, uh, Mizon GX, US Girls, Hopalong, Ravine Lanay, Tune Yards, The Kills, Father John Misty, and Weezer. Mm-hmm. So clearly this is a more elongated day. Right. It's going to start at around noon and it'll go then to like midnight or whatever. So this is your full day of rock. And you do get some hip hop. You get some of that neo soul. You get um, a lot of, there's some garage rock. There's some kind of hard to define stuff with like Tune Yards and U.S. Girls, I think are kind of hard to define their sound. Similar in a way that TV on the radio is kind of hard to describe. And it mixes so many different styles that it, it does confuse people. And sometimes they're like, well, I think it sort of is like this. But then, you know, it, it then it takes a left turn and goes somewhere else. So, you know, it's a really good lineup. A lot of artists I've never seen before, you know. And just to show how old I am, you know, I haven't seen Weezer since 1996, <laughs> so this is a long time coming since I've I've actually seen Weezer. But the rest of those, you know, are they have not played in in the Omaha metro area, to my knowledge, uh, any time in recent past, except for maybe Father John Misty, maybe four or five years ago. I'm very excited for the Kills because I've never had a chance to see them and have liked them for a really long time. They're kind of a special band in that they're a two piece which is, you know, it's been done before. There's plenty of two pieces, you know, the the Black Keys, the White Stripes, et cetera. There's been groups like that before. The Kills are nothing like those two examples. And their singer, Allison Mosshart, is just this powerhouse. She's super awesome. She also plays in the band The Dead Weather with Jack White, which is cool just because you get to play with Jack White, you know, and anything he kind of touches, he has that Midas touch. It's like anything he's involved in seems automatically cool and good, and he's been... She's been playing with him for a really long time. I don't think the I mean, when the Kills do a U.S. tour, generally it's like 15 shows. You know, they play on the coasts. They maybe go to, you know, Chicago or something like that, maybe Minneapolis. But they usually don't hit the real heartland, like right down here in, in the Omaha area. And they, they finally are. So that's that's probably the artist, honestly, I'm most excited about. And then, of course, it's been 20-some-odd years since I've seen Weezer. So I am excited to kind of catch up with what those guys are up to. And it's primarily the same lineups, the, the same lineup in the band, um, three of the original members, and then one guy that's been there for almost 20. So it's like, it's practically the same guys you would have seen 20 some odd years ago. Well, why don't we play something from The Kills? What do you think? Well, okay, I brought in uh, their new single. They, their last record was last year. It was a great album, drawing a blank on the name at the moment. But they just released this new single, which is actually a Saul Williams cover. And it's called List of Demands. And um, I don't know if everyone's going to be familiar with the original, but I I certainly was. I didn't realize it was a cover at first until I started listening to it. And I was like, oh, wait a second. I know this one. I remember Saul Williams. Um, He's still around. It's not like he's, you know, disappeared or whatever. But um, it's a great track. So this is The Kills. um, Yeah, doing List of Demands. I want my money back I'm down here drowning in your fat You got me on my knees praying for everything you lack I ain't afraid of you I'm just a victim of your fears You cower in your tower praying that I'll disappear I got another plan When there requires me to stand On the stage or in the street Don't need no microphone or beat And when you hear the song if you ain't dead, sing along Bang a strum on these your drums Till you get where you belong I got a list of demands Reading on the palm of my hands If I'm a bitch, you gonna know I stand When it ends in mouth You wanna be 
So that was the kills list of demands. You also brought in something from Hopalong, and this is where I get to confess to my ignorance to most of the bands, the performers in this lineup. And I guess that's part of the beauty of a music festival is that you get exposed to so many different different things. Well, that's um, true because you could just be say like you know everyone. It's probably pretty familiar with Weezer, but not everyone's going to be familiar with, like you say, um, with Hop Along or with U.S. Girls or, you know, so it is a little bit different. But I think that's what's that's the fa- that's the, the nature of a festival. They lure you in with a really big name and then uh, hopefully you participate in the experience all day and you ex- get exposed to new music. You know, I would hate to think that people hung out at home until like eight or nine o'clock and then they were just showed up just for the one act. It's like, well, then you're just missing the whole spirit of the festival. People are free to do what they want. But I personally think the experience is better if you kind of immerse yourself into it. Um Hopalong is a great band. They're under the indie rock realm. They're from Philadelphia. They record for Saddle Creek Records. So in a way, there's kind of a local tie-in. I mean, there are local acts, and they're not one of them, but they do have that local tie-in because of Saddle Creek. Um, I want to say this is like their third album for Saddle Creek or something. They're very good. Um, Female singer, uh, really great. There's little bits of folk elements to it, um, but she's a powerful singer. 2018, just to kind of get slightly off topic a touch, but like is really like an amazing year for women in music. And we've had these kind of years in the past, like I would say 1994 when there was like Liz Fair and Alanis Morissette and all these people kind of came up. But now we're experiencing it kind of again because you are almost every good band that I'm into these days does have a either is entirely female or at least is led by a woman. Uh, to some, you know, in in a major degree. And Hopalong is among those. Um, I'd also say, you know, you got to talk about like your St. Vincent's and those kind of stuff. And then there's all the artists from the 90s that I used to like. A lot of those female bands are now back. Some of them they've never left. But some of them, like, say, for example, Belly, they're back for the first time in 20 years. Tanya Donnelly, huge woman of rock in the 90s. She's back now after 20 years. An album that sounds like it came out the day after their last one did like they were able to just kind of get back. So this is a, this is a really, really great period. And this festival obviously does represent that too shows the power. So I was just getting a little off topic there, but it is pretty significant this year that that's what's, that's what's going on. So before we play something then from hop along, what else is changing in the music world, the music industry? I mean, I, you know, last year I was, when we talked about the industry, I was pretty down on the way things were going. And I, I still basically am. I don't understand the future of music. I don't, in terms of the industry. But obviously it's not deterring artists from starting bands. It's not deterring them from touring. It's not deterring them even from making records, even though the function of making an album is different now, because now an album is used to promote the tour as it used to be the tour was done to promote the album. It's a little bit different now. But, you know, people, and I think this has a lot to do with the with the return of vinyl, which I've been a little cynical about because I never quit buying records, but I know it did die off and now it's kind of coming back. But it has gotten a, a younger generation into the idea of a physical medium and of listening to an album as opposed to 
everything is a song. And I even heard that iTunes is shutting down in 2019. So you can't even purchase individual songs anymore there. And maybe that's just revealed a corporate secret. I don't know, but I've heard that they're shutting that down. So you're not even going to buy, be able to buy songs through iTunes. They want to steer people towards streaming, but I'm thinking a lot of younger people are now into this vinyl thing. So they're into the buying the album anymore. So they're not, I don't need to just get one song. If you get, if you buy the, the, the LP, um, by the way, that's a record for those younger of you that don't know what that means. If you buy the LP, um, you get, usually get a download card so you can still listen to it in your car, in your headphones, in your whatever. But it gets people into the idea that artists make an album for a reason. They didn't release 13 songs so you could just buy one. You know, they released it as a 13 song statement and there's an order to it and there's a thought process to it. And I think people are starting to appreciate that a little bit more. That's the positive aspect. As far as the music industry itself, I mean, who knows? I mean, they're just as crooked as they've always been. But, um, you know, now they're more about gouging people. You know, now they got you hooked on this vinyl thing. So now they're going to jack up the prices and just make it much more expensive. It's no longer a supply and demand issue because now that there's more demand, the supply should be should be met. And then, you, in theory, the price would go down. That's kind of basic capitalism. That's not the case in this case. The demand is up. The supply is up. The prices are up. So that's what we're dealing with in the industry now. They're, they're riding this wave. But I guarantee you, if they're, well, if they're smart, they're thinking for when this wave ends and what they're going to do next. And part of that is training people to view music like Netflix and that you'll never own music. You'll just rent it. You'll just access it. You pay for access. And that to me is I'm never going to be comfortable with that no matter what. I'll be the last guy clinging to the old way of doing things because I just don't want to get into that thing. And that, that's why the, the vinyl thing is a positive. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to spin it that way that, that, that that's that's something to be excited about, I guess. Let's hear how simple from the band Hop Along. How Simple from the band Hop Along. You've been talking about this 
prominence in this resurgence of female-led, female-driven, written, produced, performed music. And one of the performing groups is U.S. Gals. So yeah. what would you say about them? Well, oddly enough, they're not actually from the U.S. Um, they're from Canada. It's not even a they. It's not girls. It's just one person, Megan Remy. She uses the name U.S. Girls. Um, this is another one along the lines of, say, Tune Yards, which we haven't played yet, um, of, of uh, and TV on the radio, which we have, but of a very complicated sort of new kind of pop music. And I know pop music has different connotations to different people. Uh, I more or less view it as catchy, as, as the term pop, um, as opposed to mainstream, which some people view it as. But... Um, so it's it's really really interesting stuff. It is a little bit more experimental than maybe most, so it doesn't have as much mainstream appeal. But um, it, great stuff, and you know she's definitely an upcoming artist. I think she records for Four AD, which is a great British label going all the way back to the eighties. You know, starting with like the Cocteau Twins, and they used to have the Pixies and all these great artists, and they're one of the labels that survived. You know, that is still around now. Uh, that was still there 30 years ago. And except for like your Warner Brothers, your Sonys, you don't usually see that anymore. Most of the major independents, with a few exceptions, are gone too. And it's it's great to see that they're still finding new stuff. And U.S. Girls is a good example. Although you'd have to ask them why they're called U.S. Girls when they're Canadian. So let's play Velvet for Sale from Inner Poem Unlimited by U.S. Girls. There you go.
So that was Velvet for Sale from the album In A Poem Unlimited by US Girls. So we were chatting just beforehand about the nature of festivals and you said that you really like the Maha Festival, but but done with festivals generally now. Yeah, I mean, I, my comment was I've sort of aged out of festivals, but that's mostly because, um, and the reason, and I, I think I described it this way last year too, and Maha is a little bit of like a boutique festival in that you get the top-notch talent, but you don't have to deal with 50,000 people being there. So it's not the chaos. What gets me sometimes is when you have, you know, 10 stages and you have to walk two miles from one to the other. And by the time you get there, you've missed half the show. You know, it, there's a lot of idiots all around, you know, just the, the normal things about festivals. The heat, now I can't, you can't control for heat. There's going to be idiots at any festival. Maha can't control for that, unfortunately. There's no IQ test with a ticket when you purchase it. So you're going to get some of that. But you also get, it just, it's always been like a fun vibe at the show. It's never so overwhelming that you just, you just can't deal with like, wow, I, I can't see anyone. There's just people everywhere. I need a break. I need a whatever. Maha provides a, a, a better environment in my view. It's a little more of kid friendly if you got kids. Um, you know, you can bring them along. I mean, I'd get those little baby headphones or whatever that they have for, for little ones. Cause it's pretty loud. And, you know, so yeah, if I were a concert attendant and I weren't, you know, behind the scenes on this one, Maha would be a kind of festival that I would enjoy going to. Whereas I think I said the last festival I went to, um, as just a concert goer was probably four or five years ago and I could not take it. I realized, you know what, it's just too much for me. But, you know, hey, I'm a guy in my 40s. I'm not the target audience. I get it. People in their 20s, um, it's a different scene. When I was in my 20s, Lollapalooza used to be a traveling festival. It wasn't just one day in Chicago. It went city to city to city to city. And so I could do an all-day festival like that, like no problem. You know, now I'm just like, ah, I'm tired. I want to, you know, I need to, I need to get some shade, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. So it's more like me just being a whiny kind of old guy now that is my, why I'm a little down on festivals because they're certainly not for lack of quality bands because I think almost every artist now plans their summer around the festival season because there's so many of them and it people love them. I mean, they wouldn't keep doing them. If people didn't attend them. Maha wouldn't have expanded to two days. If people, there weren't the, the desire for it, you know, the people were like, I just, that one day was great, but now I need a little bit more. So, um, so, you know, I, I'm in the minority of it, but like you said, I would, Maha is one that I would go to no matter what, I guess that's how I would describe it. And I'm completely with you. Yeah. I, maybe that's part of the secret sauce for Maha is that it becomes much more accessible, much more, you talked about it having a really sort of pleasant, fun vibe. There's also this sense that it is of a community, by a community, for a community, and it's very welcoming to a much broader regional community. Yeah, because they do have comedy, they have poetry, they have, they bring in the girls' camp, a girls rock camp, you know, the kids that they write their own song, they get to play up on the stage. They've got a poetry slam thing. I mean, so they do incorporate the, the whole breadth of the community, but also like I was saying how there's one stage over here and then you have to walk like 10 miles to the other one. Well, with Maha again, they don't do that. The two stages are next to each other. And all you have to do is just move your body a few feet to go to the next one. And while they set up on, you know, stage one, stage two, whatever. So, and, and, you know, there's like a 10 minute break or whatever. It gives you enough time to go get a drink or do whatever you got to do. And again, 
uh, when I was in Chicago at a festival, it took a good hour to go get a drink. You know, it's like, I'm just going to commit to missing this next band because I'm going to have to go somewhere and find a vendor where they're going to sell me a bottle of water or something. Maha, you don't have that issue, you know? And yet it's enough people that the artists enjoy playing because you don't want to see them playing in front of a little crowd. They get these like big turnout, you know? So you get your marquee acts, you get your up-and-comers, you get your locals. What more could you ask for, I guess? Well, we could ask for something from the tune yards, which you brought in. So maybe tell us a little about about uh, this track and that band. Well, okay, so this is, um, they're a New England band. And um, again, Tune Yards is really sort of a person. Um, nobody wants to just be called their own name. I mean, you know, they have to, everyone has to have a name, you know. And so Tune Yards, um, they're from New England. They, they mix like a little bit of like kind of like a world beat or an international sound in with a sort of an indie pop and synthy stuff. And, and it's a good mix. I say them and U.S. girls are, are – very good alongside one another and they mesh very well together. So it's another group on along those lines. And, you know, and I keep throwing back to TV on the radio, but TV on the radio also has a bit of an international vibe as well. In addition to sounding like American indie music, they also have a real um, international flavor to them as well. So what should we hear? Uh, okay. I brought in the song. Yeah. Heart attack. And from the new album, I can feel you creep into my private life. That's that sounds like that that's that's the modern world. Yeah, it's a great title. Someone's very, always creeping into our modern. It's our very life. 2018. That is a meta title right there. <laughs> so let's hear that song. I Can Feel You Creep Into My Private Life by Tune Yards. So we're approaching the close of the show. Yeah. I guess at this point. And so coming up next would be, I mean, we already talked about the kills, right? So we'd probably want to talk about Father John Misty, who could be a headliner in his own right. 
and he is basically a kind of a co-headliner with Weezer on Saturday. Father John Misty, also not his name. His name's not John. He's not a father. You know, his name is Josh Tillman, actually. So it does. it's not just exclusive to women who have to just change their call themselves something different. He's doing it as well. It's kind of this persona that he's taken on. Um, he used to be a, like a touring drummer with different groups and stuff. And then he started releasing music on his own. And it's just such like he's drawn comparisons recently to Elton John, which seems sort of strange in a way. But he's very it, his songs are like very like. Gosh, I'm trying to come up with the word. It's social commentary and it's very like biting, but at the same time, it's not like preachy and trying and making you feel bad if you think differently or something. It's just his version of describing society and what it's like. And he's also very self-deprecating. And he also, in a weird way, refers to himself in the third person, which is odd, you know, because the song I brought, by the way, is called Mr. Tillman, which, as we just said, is his real name. But so is Father John Misty writing a song called Mr. Tillman. So he's sort of writing about himself in this in the third person. I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't know. But he is he's an enigma wrapped up in a mystery or something. He's just a very strange guy and he's hard to figure out. And he loves that. And he actually gets off when people like have a problem with something that he does. He's one of these, he vibes off of that sort of, he likes, if it's positive, he'll vibe on that. If it's negative, he'll vibe on that too. So um, I remember when he played at Sokol Auditorium a couple years ago and he took the microphone and just walked into the crowd and was walking around the floor with his microphone. People would stop, take pictures with him and stuff while he was in the middle of the show. And then he also had a big neon sign behind the stage that said, no photos, please. <laughs> you know, a big neon sign, no photos, please. It's like you're just asking people to take your picture, of course. So that's the kind of the, the commentary he's making. I mean, a lot of that, like he's being sarcastic about the photos. And so anyways, uh, he's really, really great. His album from last year was in my top five of the year for sure. He's got a new one coming out called God's Favorite Customer about to be released, I think, in a week or two. So um, he's he's just he's a really, really great artist. And but people do draw lines. They either really like him or they're like, I don't know about that guy. But I think most people are going to be on the really like him side. Again, another reason to experience and enjoy music. And to go to a festival is to encounter music you know you'll love and music that you know you're going to experience, maybe for the first time or maybe to hear it live and experience it in a different way than you would through headphones or speakers. That's true. And and also through just seeing an artist individually, you know, because uh, all these groups are touring all the time. Now, I mentioned a lot of these haven't been to the area either ever or in a really long time, but it is a different experience. Bands do different sets when they play at a festival, some because they're forced to, some because they just choose to. And it's like a different environment. I'm not playing in a club. I'm playing in, you know, outdoors. So it brings out differences. So even if you say you've seen these, some of these artists once or twice, you know, maybe in the past, but have you seen them at a festival? No, you know, so it's different. And um, again, that is part of the appeal. So let's hear Mr. Tillman from the album God's Favorite Customer by Father John Misty.
charges Just before we check you in Let's see here You left your passport in the mini Fridge and the message with the desks Here the picture isn't his And oh just a reminder about our policy Don't leave your mattress in the rain You sleep on the balcony Okay did you and your guests have a pleasant Stay, what a beautiful tattoo That young man had on his face And for will you need a driver out to Philly Jason is Bell's here as well And he seemed a little worried about you I'm feeling good, damn I'm feeling so fine I'm living on a cloud Above an island in my mind Oh baby, don't be Alone. This is just my vibe No need to walk around No, it's not too bad a climb Mr. Tillman for the seventh time So that was Mr. Tillman by Father John Misty and accompanying us on this traversing of the forthcoming and 10th anniversary Maha Music Festival was David Leibovitz. David, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, um, you know, anytime. I'm, I'll, I'll come back anytime. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> what should we play out to? Well, you know what? Um, I think because most of the world has heard Weezer, and so we're all familiar with that, I'd like to maybe throw out or go out with David Nance because he's less familiar to people. Um, I brought in the title track to his most recent record. It's called Negative Boogie. He's a garage rocker, but he can also do some folky stuff. If you catch him on an acoustic night with the band, it's going to be a little more raw and raucous. So, yeah, why don't we close out with that? Live's radio show is supported by Humanities Nebraska, inspiring and enriching personal and public life by delivering opportunities to engage thoughtfully with history and culture. Learn more at humanitiesnebraska.org. To listen to this show again and to hear past shows, download the podcast at iTunes, search for Live's radio show with Stuart Chittenden, and leave a review while you're there to let me know what you think of the show. Check, check, check. <laughs> That's the end of this week's show. 
The magnificent Marion Fay helped produce the show. Lives is an executive production of Squish Talks. I'm your host, Stuart Chittenden. Join me next week for more community, conversation, and the people that bring community to life. <laughs>